0: Welcome to Death and Aliens, an in-depth look at sci-fi and horror TV from two friends who vaguely know what they're doing. I'm Courtney. And I'm MK. And how are you doing? Well, on Saturday, I had like the longest day of my life. Really. But like not in a bad way, just like in a long. So... We had rehearsal for the understudies for the kiddo, like the kiddos musical at 9 a.m. And that went from 9 to 11. And then from 11.30 to 1.30, I had a production meeting for the musical with a bunch of the parents, like trying to make sure we had everything taken care of for the set. And then at two, I went and saw Legally Blonde at one of the local high schools, Oh, how fun. What, how was it? I've never seen the, the play musical. It, I always, this was what I was telling my friend on sa- Saturday after I saw it. I always forget how much I like the show because I've only ever seen mediocre productions of it. But like, <laughs> it's a really good show. I've heard that. I've heard that. Um, I mean, and I saw a high school. So like, obviously it was a high school. Right. Um, but I will say like, vocally, it wasn't my favorite thing I've ever seen. But The kids were in it. Like the acting was pretty, pretty good for high school kids. And the choreography, which granted I'm friends with the choreographer, but like the choreography was phenomenal. (laughs) So good. And she like really made them work. And it was, it was great. And, um, and then I went from there to a friend's house for, because, and by friend, I mean like, I babysat her kids, and then she baby like she babysat me when I was a kid, and then I babysat her kids. And she's like, like a little younger than my parents, but like, um, and because she had birthday presents for me. Aww, you know, they were they're um like Lennox Crystal Beauty and the Beast ornaments. They're beautiful. <sighs> you have to and send me some. I will. And then I went out for beer flights and. Dinner with Brittany, and um right. we uh drank too much and stayed out too long and it was great' been was, there I was, yeah I love it, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so uh it was like a super super long day, but like none of it was miserable right, right, so. Well, um, 75% of my Saturday was miserable, but it's because I stayed out late too, too late and drank too much on Friday because I was just going to have drinks with Dom until like, midnight-ish. And then I was like, check your train schedule because he lives in Long Island. And he was like, the next train's not until 145. And I was like, okay, so we're going to keep drinking. <laughs> so then we went out and then he was going to catch his train at the same time as Owen was getting off work. And Owen was like, I'm going next door. Let's go to a Donahue's and drink. And I was like, okay, sounds good. We went over there and, like, hung out. And then he was like, okay, now we're going to the playwright. I was like, I'm going home. It is after two in the morning. I have had too many drinks now. And I did not eat dinner. Because I was trying to rush the recording to get to the <laughs> show. And then it didn't eat. Because I was just thrilled that I made it to the show. And just needed a yeah. drink. And then it was... 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, and I had had only alcohol. Um, so then I was sick all day Saturday. Which is fair. Until I went to work and uh, chugged some ginger ale and bitters and uh, chugged some Coke after that, and then had some bad for dinner. Um, but the one exciting thing about Saturday – my parents, who tell me they love me dearly, but never want to start a podcast, um, started Bates Motel. And because yeah, they finally finished Grimm, so they needed a new show to watch together. And um, so they started it, and I was talking to my mom. All my days are the same. It was either today or yesterday. I don't know. And um, she was like, yeah, I think we really like it. It's going to be a good show. I was like, great. Now you can watch my podcast. And. I was like, are we you watching it like along with my podcast? She's like, we watched like six episodes. I was like, well, now you can't tell me anything that happened. <laughs> no, please <laughs> I not. Absolutely cannot tell me anything. I was like, I am, well, at this point we are four episodes in. I was like, you yeah. can't tell me anything. She's like, but we have to keep watching it because that's how it goes. And I was like, all right, well, maybe you could listen to my podcast here. She's like, okay. She has not listened still, but Hopefully she will. She says she will. So if you do. (laughs) Whenever you get around to this. Hello. Yes. Yes. Whenever that she told me, she did tell me if I sent her the link to it, she would listen because she doesn't know how to find it on her own. Even though I've sent her the link mm, at least 20 times. Um, And I sent it to them both. today. And my dad told me he wasn't listening because I hadn't listened to the song he sent me yesterday yet. So, but I did listen to the song. So now he has listened to the episode. That's how Good. it works. Good. Um, but yeah, so speaking of this episode, we are talking about Bates Motel Season 1, Episode 3, and it is called What's Wrong with Norman, which is very aptly titled. Um, it was rated 8.1 out of 10, which is the highest so far of our three episodes in. Well, um, I I can see why. I also can see why. I'm very well done. Um, the air date was April 1st, 2013. Um, I would have liked to have seen if there was any April Fool's jokes regarding it and I did not because I just remembered the second that it aired on April 1st, 2013. <laughs> um, unfortunately, the number one song is still Harlem Shake. Oh, God.
1: How why long is this song?
0: Why did how did the song? How oh, I don't even know how it made it to number one, and it's been there for three weeks so far, and that's just from where we started. It could have been before then. I don't know when it started, <sighs> but the number one movie is one of my first kind of introductions to more modern horror movies, um, and made me think that I wasn't going to have a panic attack watching horror. And this was the remake of Evil Dead. Mm. And I think it's fair. Have you seen this movie? Any of them? them. So the first one was with Bruce Campbell. Yeah, no, I know know the Bruce Campbell ones. And uh, so I watched that when they announced that they were remaking it because um, Carrie, who I lived with in college, loved the Bruce Campbell ones. And so she was like, we have to watch Evil Dead so we can go to the midnight premiere. Of the remake and um so we did that and i would have been absolutely terrified of the remake had i not watched the original and it was like all clay people looked <laughs> like play- play-doh yeah. so i was not scared whenever i watched the second one um but it was good i haven't watched it since but i can see why i got to number one people were thrilled it was back and bruce campbell had a hand in I think production mm-hmm. um he did something i i think it was production um so i, I love good bruce time. campbell too. I've, I've been watching him on, um, what's that show I've been watching? Burn Notice. That's the one. That's the one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, and on this day, the world's first smelling TV screen was unveiled in Japan. Hashtag smell And do you know this was, what year are we in? Nine years ago and we still don't have TVs we can smell? Granted, my TV, I think, came out before 2013. But why why do I why would I want that? Well, you know, you see like those cartoons and stuff and like, I mean, you have the no, 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 no. Because what I would do with a smelling TV is exclusively watch the Food Network and then get pissed off that I couldn't have any of the food that smelled so good. That's very fair. That is fair. That's all I would do with it. A really good interactive experience, though. Because I love, uh, fan- what is it? Oh my gosh, I can't remember any, Fill her magic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of my faves. So, I think it's fun. It obviously has not gone very far, except what? for two parks, I guess. I don't know. Right, but also, like, there's a lot of things that are on TV that I would not want to smell. That is also very true. Like not a single scene in this show, but I want to smell. No, no, I don't, I don't think I would either. No. Um, so the director of this episode is a new one. He is Paul A. Edwards. And it kept everywhere. I read it. It kept saying also known as Paul Edwards. And I'm like, okay, we just took a letter out. Like it's fine. But it was like very particular about it. Um, He's known for man on fire. Lost, oh. and Sleepy Hollow. Wait, what was the third one? Heroes. Heroes, oh, okay. Which I haven't seen, but has raving reviews. I love Heroes. Um, I know him from, he's only done a few episodes of. He did one episode of Cloak and Dagger, which I think is a phenomenal show. It has wonderful uh-huh. special effects. Um, it's also set in the South, which is fun. Um, he did three episodes of Gotham, which okay. is... Probably my favorite superhero show, maybe. Okay, of, only because of Ben McKenzie. I do love Ben McKenzie, but <laughs> it's very dark. And I love it. Um, this is his only episode of Bates Motel, so this is the only time we're talking about him, so I'm talking about him a lot. Um, he has done three episodes of Once Upon a Time, which is excellent. He okay, Did, did the, the real question is, did he direct early episodes. seasons? Oh, okay. Because yeah. I am saying... Like last two seasons doesn't count. No, they were early episodes. <laughs> it ties back to Brian Fuller. He did one episode of Pushing Daisies. Oh. And last but certainly not least, he did three episodes of Fringe, and he was also a producer. I love Fringe. Oh, I know that was just for you. Um, our writers are mostly the same. We have Carlton Cruz, Carrie Aaron, and Anthony Cipriano. Robert Blox credited, and Bill Bayliss staff writer. But we do have one new writer, Jeff Wadlow, who is known for the new film Truth or Dare, um, the Bluth Productions one that I still haven't seen that I've been wanting to see. Um, he was really highly regarded for his screenwriting in Kick-Ass 2. Um, he wrote on two episodes of Bates Motel, and fun fact, he is the nephew of Katie Couric. Oh, Interesting. So what's wrong with Norman? Spoiler alert a lot of everything. Um so we start with the beginning of this episode. Norman is frantically hiding things under his bed, which is the new okay. This was it was like previously on. And then it showed him putting the stuff under his bed when like, from the episode before. But I didn't see the serial killer belt the first time. Definitely missed that the first time. Don't know when. I don't think it was in the last episode. I think they accidentally ran that through the previously before. Because of how they connected everything. I don't think it actually was previously. Um, well, no, because it was, the, it was when... Wasn't it when, when he was cl- clicking the flashlight? Wasn't that when... Emma came to the house? No, because that was when he was hiding the book. Oh, but nobody was at the door. I don't know. Yeah, it was like previously and it was him clicking and then there was door so it had to have been previously because nobody was at the door. But I, I don't see. remember it. I also don't remember it, obviously, so okay. um, that is a thing that occurred. Um, sometimes I call Danny Max because I forgot his name in the beginning of this episode. Okay, well, his name is not Danny or Max. It's Dylan. It's Dylan. So sometimes I call <laughs> him. sometimes I call him Max. But his name is Dylan. <laughs> Are yep. you sure it's Dylan? Yep. I'm 100% sure it's Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> so I um struggled through my naming of this episode. But I love him dearly. <laughs> yes. Uh, so it starts off with a kind of funny scene with him trying to figure out how to be intimidating. He has I, his gun. I wrote, Dylan has clearly never had a, actually had a gun before. He straight up lied when he said he's held a gun before because he had. That is exactly what I said. I was like, okay, Dylan, you are you are not fooling anyone. Which we find out later is untrue. He has like handled a firearm, but probably not a handgun right it seems more like a hunting rifle or something yeah handgun but that's fine um and then he walks in to uh, norma norman just says um good morning mr and mrs bates and i was like okay that's really funny but also it's unfortunate that it's true (laughs) like okay um and this is where we learn max actually actually has a job um which we saw he was trying to get into last episode Although we have not learned yet what it is, we will. Yes. Um, next we go to the school and Emma is a mess. We learn she has not gotten over this pot field. She has not been sleeping. She is convinced these people are going to come find her and kill her, which I do not understand because the whole okay. town is going on. No, but she was um, seemed much less worried about the men from the pot field killing her and much more worried about the fact that Seeing the shed made her believe that the Asian chick being dead was real. Very upset about that. Um, so she's got a lot going on. And this is one of the first times we see Norman break, not with family, I guess. Because he broke, I mean, obviously he had his whole thing with Dylan. Yeah. Um, but- he just like has a conniption fit. I was like, yo, Norman, calm down. And uh, we see his face change, which is very well done. I'm starting, this is, this is the episode where I started feeling more Norman Bates underlying young Norman. Um, yeah, and- no, I think I have a note later in, oh yeah, I have a note later that, that I, where, where there was the scene that was the first time that I believed it was Norman Bates. Yeah. Yeah, um, I started seeing it now. And then we moved to his class, and he is supposed to be taking a test. And instead, he is having this, like, really dark thought about his teacher being tied up and tortured. And um, that's not great. I wrote, what the hell, Norman? But also, we all knew the English teacher was going to be a problem. I mean, I mean, how could she not be? Um, We did know that from the beginning. But, like, he just went real hardcore. Like, it was like he was almost having a seizure because he just... Yeah, but he was, like... It was the images from the journal, but with her in them. And he was, like, seeing the journal instead of seeing his test. Like, he was just seeing this book everywhere. And it's just... Disturbing, to say the least. Yep. Um, so, because he then immediately passes out while she's trying to, like, wake him out of his stupor, he's rushed to the hospital. Yeah. And our next scene is Norma being concerned about Norman saying he's never passed out like this before. Um, which... I, I think probably, she's lying. I think she's lying, too. Yeah. Because she's clearly said that there are things that he does these things before, like later on she says this, so, like, I think this is not, maybe not the first time, maybe just the first time that he's been hospitalized for it. Yeah, um, no. But the way, the way she was, like, no, of, of course he hasn't. He never, like, no, and I was, like, are you lying? I think, I think you're lying. Yeah, I, th- I think she's lying. Um. So then, we pop over to Dylan, and he is in the truck with the Shady Strip Club guy. Yep. Yeah they drive out to the middle of the woods and camouflage the truck. And I was like, this is going to go well. Um, And he starts talking about deliverance being filmed here. And he uses the line where he says, boy, you got a pretty mouth, which is from deliverance. I have not seen deliverance. I have heard that line. Um, But I did look it up and deliverance was not filmed here. It is not filmed where it is set and it is not filmed where they filmed. So, it was just a throwaway line, I guess. I don't no, know. I think it was probably, like, just in general about, like, the atmosphere. It probably was. And when I was reading reviews, everyone, like, Max Terio's character, they were like, he was kind of useless. We don't really care that he was there. And then they were like, except that one line about deliverance. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, that, that's the only thing you like about him? I don't know. The critique world out there, I disagree with today a lot. Um. And we learned that his new job is watching the weed fields. He gets paid $300 a day to just sit, hang out, and drink beer and watch. Okay. Now, here's the thing. They said that that pot field had $5 million worth of weed in it. And I was like, fuck me. Also, if it's $5 million worth of weed... You could probably afford to pay me more than three hundred dollars a day. Not that three hundred dollars a day is not—that's right? I mean, more, than, eh, right? But I would take three hundred dollars a day to do nothing. I absolutely, absolutely. But if I do it long enough, I want to make more. I want to cut. Well, like I'm. He, I mean, he's okay. entry level. Exactly. At this point, he's entry level, but. Yeah. But also, sometimes when you get further on, you get burned alive. So you know. Right. Pay, pay my three hundred dollars. Um. And then, oh gosh, something happened that was very cliche. Oh, Bradley came to visit Norman in the hospital. Oh no, before the hospital. Oh, Oh, okay. And I don't know what it was because I put at this point, I'm wondering, oh, oh, okay. I remember, I remember. So, okay. I remember. So we talked about our predictions last week. And we both predicted he was going to be working with the pot fields and do vigilante stuff. We predicted Norman was going to do some really weird stuff, like off-the-wall stuff. And um, we had, like, one more prediction, and I don't remember if it came true or not. I predicted that Norman was going to kill everybody. Yeah. And I was like, at this point, I don't know if it's cliche writing, or if I just know what to expect from Norman Bates writing. Not Obviously not Bates writing, but I was like, because nothing... Overall, surprised me so far, and we're still early in the episode. I would say everything I expected to happen was oh, happening. everything I expected to happen was happening, and yet this episode still fucked me up. So gets yeah. a little wild moving forward. So uh, then we go to the hospital, and Norma is terrified, and Norman is not. Norman is very carefree. He's just like, "Why are you scared?" there's no reason for this and norma is just losing her mind um and then she has to go sign for the carpet because dylan got a job and can't do it because he's gonna provide for the family because everyone else sucks and um and when she tells him that like his face is just very innocent he's like that innocent child again and Mm. it's just a little off-putting in a correct way (laughs) like yeah Well done, but it was a little uh, off-putting. And then I put, ugh, Bradley shows up. (laughs) Yeah, I wrote, why is Bradley visiting him? She is so confusing to me. I do not understand. And her character, I want to believe it's not the actress that makes it this way because these lines she has are so weird. They like, don't, they're like, She's this hippie girl that's kind of like, like the way she says them, not the way she is, but the way she says them when she talked about this, the lake and all this stuff in the last one. And now she's like, you're brave, Norman Bates. And it's like, who says that? And this popular girl, the, she's saying that? Her lines are just very strange. And I'm not sure if it's the way she's saying them or what. No, I, I think it's the lines. I don't I like don't them. I the lines. Um, I just don't I, like her. I did like one line in the scene a lot, though, and it wasn't not one of her lines. It was one of his lines, though, mm-hmm. because they're talking about how her dad's going to die, and they're, like, bonding over dead dads, and he just says, death is awkward, and I was like, he does. I liked one of his lines while he's casually talking about his dad's death, and he just says, everyone's happier in old movies, and it is so true, because if you think about the original Psycho, everyone's happier, until they die, but you know, it's yeah, like no. a, it's like a peppier pace. You don't have the same darkness that you do, and I do believe that everyone's happier in old movies, and even like old sad movies are not like the same kind of sad. But right. No, death is awkward. That is my new my favorite yeah. thing. Ever. Um, and then I just put he's going to mess everything up with Emma, and I'm going to be mad. He's a stupid teenage boy. Correct. They all are. So next we go home to the Bates Motel home and um, the police are coming in to search their home because they did, in fact, get that warrant. Yes, they did. And uh, Norma goes back to the hospital and I put she's going to be pissed because I thought Bradley was still there, but she was gone. So uh, Norma was just stressed. And uh she decides that Norman is leaving right then. And the doctor says, I think we should keep him overnight, and she just starts taking his like IVs off of him and stuff. And I was like, I don't think you're allowed to do that. Um no, you're not. Um, I wrote Norma is a freak. Accurate. She's like super freaking out about this warrant thing, even though she's convinced they didn't find anything because she doesn't think there's anything left. Mm, she's wrong. Mm. But- Uh, at first i didn't really notice it was a belt at first he was putting it under his bed i thought i did i thought it was straight up a serial killer belt see i was writing notes when it came on and so i didn't see exactly what it was and i was like oh he must have been hiding more books like maybe they were his own oh Um, i know why normal was a freak this whole conversation between Norma and norman about like the police being there and like the way they were interacting with each other i was like neither one of them is mentally stable no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, yeah, and then we go back home, and uh, he immediately runs up to his bedroom. And when he realizes that there's nothing under his bed, he falls to the floor and just repeatedly says, what's wrong with me? And I just said a lot of things. See, in this moment, I was still unaware that the belt was not his. Mm-hmm. And I could not figure out why he was so upset. Like I obviously like the belt had like duct tape and a flashlight and stuff, and it felt kind of creepy and serial killery, but he was like losing his mind. And I was like, so you got a tool belt. I don't I don't get right it because I didn't notice it was the belt at first. I thought that they had taken picture books and that's what they had taken. And I thought he had recreated some of the torture diary. That would have been even worse. Yeah, Right. Right. And so that's what I was thinking at first. And then in this moment, his eyes get that blank look as he's saying, like, what's wrong with me? And I was like, I get it. I get it now. Um, it's not well. Right. And then Norma's baking Because what else do you do when the world is ending? Apparently, you bake, and I this mean, is if COVID taught us nothing. That's what everyone does when the world is ending is they start to bake. I guess that's true. I guess that's true. Um, and uh, this is what we learned that the belt he kept was Keith's Keith's belt, which was the least smart thing he could have done um, by far, like by a mile, and. So Norma's like, first of all, like, why would you want to keep that? And I was like, yeah, Norman, why would you want to keep that? <laughs> and she's like, well, the police haven't said anything. So maybe they didn't find it, but I don't know like what it is. And I'm like, they don't immediately report when they find something. It's not like we found this. Now you're arrested. It's like, we found this. We're going to talk about it think it over. And then we're going to come tell you you're arrested. Like, yeah, that's not a thing that's like super immediate. So she just doesn't know. So I was not seeing that going well. Um, and so then we go back to the pot farm and we learn that Bradley's dad was involved in the pot field. And that is the reason he was burned alive. And that's also, these are the people that also seem to have burned alive the man in the middle of the city. Um, and I just put, I'm really upset about this eye for an eye stuff. I am, um, am as well, but. Surprisingly, the thing that upset me the most about the scene had nothing to do with violence. Um, Dylan asks his friend slash co-worker if they can smoke any of the pot. The guy says, not on the job, which, fair. And then says, do you want a beer? And I was like, I'm sorry, you can drink on the job, but you can't smoke on the job? I have questions. Okay. So that was my first issue. Okay. Okay. The second issue is that they see something in the, in the bushes. And they're like, Oh, we have to make sure they pull up their guns. Everything's fine. They realize it's a pheasant. And he's like, have you ever gone pheasant hunting? I'm like, you have been there 30 seconds and you're abandoning your post. You're literally getting paid to sit there and make sure nothing happens. And now you're leaving. Like you have no other job. And um, that was my biggest problem. Yes, then, like, I like. I really like that we're watching a show that makes me care less about men being burned alive than about drinking on the job. Yes, yes, we are. We are in a weird place right now, and it is just how it is. Just how it is. Yeah. Um, so we go back to the home, the Bates home, and sweet Emma shows up. And uh, he really doesn't want to let her in. And I just put poor Emma. She is really getting caught up in the Bates life. And it's really going to mess her up. And, uh, I know. Such a bummer. She only has a little bit of life left. It's <laughs> such a shame it's going to not go well. It's so sad. So um, this is also when we fin- find out that uh, apparently Keith was super sketchy aside from what we already know about him, because you yeah. go into room number four, and um, there's Chinese writing on the bottom of the sink where, theoretically, the pictures from the book were that people were tied up. Now, we can't confirm that it was Keith who... We can't, but that is where we're starting. Yeah. No, but they're she doesn't she emma has some weird things with keith does not care for him obviously norman also does not care for him so that's a good starting place but there's about zero evidence that keith is involved in this yes but there's a 100 percent evidence that he's a bad person well yeah regardless and i guess i mean like we i we knew it was real like i didn't think emma thinking it was real was fake but the chinese symbol on the sink i was kind of like oh shit okay Yep, here we are. We are in it now. Um, so then, uh, Norma is with how you so lovingly have called him, Officer Hadi, and uh, she's playing the poor Norma card, which is she's very smart. Um, she's very good at being manipulative. I this I wrote. I almost admire how hard she's playing this guy. I agree. I agree. I thought that too. Because at this point, he's going to tell her everything at their dinner date. And I said he's going to destroy evidence. Like, yeah, he's known this woman for like half a sec. And he is destroying evidence for her. I mean, not that this town has a whole lot of morals, but uh, still, at least the town knows each other. He doesn't really know her. Right. I mean... Um, what what a way what what a man to be right and uh so we get back home and we learn that uh Norman is not very pleased about Norman's dinner with Shelby and he says he's going to keep manipulating her and she's like shut up this is how it has to be and then goes over to Shelby's and um she's put her face on all nice. um and he says he asked her what she wanted to drink and she said, oh, I'm good with anything. And he's like, he's like, how's a Jack and Coke? I was like, yes, very sophisticated. That is what you want no. at your house. Not to be nitpicky. That's literally <laughs> my note says not to be nitpicky. <laughs> but there is a 0% chance he poured any Coke in that cup. No, they showed, yeah. him, they showed him at the bar opening what may have been whiskey and putting ice in glasses. And then never opening another like beverage, there's a zero percent chance there was Coke in that Jack and Coke. Pre This is Jack and Coke in his fancy whiskey container.
1: You can't pre
0: mix um, Jack and Coke. The Coke will go flat. I know. I know. So I agree. It was just whiskey. It was a. It was a. It was a really whiskey. dark whiskey. <laughs> yeah. Um. And. At this point, I said he's kind of creepy too. And I didn't, see I didn't get creepy yet. I did not get creepy yet. That is uh, not how I felt. I started to get creepy. Um, and well, he, I um, just, I just thought he was smarter than he looked. Like the things he was saying to her, I was like, okay, so he has the belt and he's smarter than he looks. I thought he was less smart than he. Did. because at this part i was like she is going to just continue to manipulate him even though he's kind of creepy she's going to get whatever she wants and then she's going to kill him that is what my notes say see and i i see how you thought that but i was like no like he knows that she did it and he is going to use her he's smarter than he looks and he's playing dumb because he knows like I, I, I bought into immediately that he was going to play the good, dumb farm boy kind of thing to use her. That is how I feel now. But I also, at this point, I thought he thought it was still Norman for a second. And Okay, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, no, I, I immediately thought, okay, this guy's not, not as dumb. But I can totally see that side of it. Yeah, because, I mean, he obviously knows that they've done something. But I yeah. thought at this point he still thought it was Norman. Okay. And said, no, you spent your whole life taking care of everyone. I'm going to take care of you. I was like, hold up. You have known her for very few days. Oh, that felt like the most narcissistic, manipulative thing I've ever heard. And I was like, this man knows exactly what he's doing. I was like, this is not good. This oh, no, 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 no. But here's the thing. Neither of them are good people. No, exactly. So it's like, who do you hate more? And it's like, I guess it depends on how the outcome happens. <laughs> a and C. Um, um, I mean, currently I'm picking one over the other where I'm at. In, that, in that moment, though, and this, this is why I have problems with shows like this, is because I know that he is not a good person. Right. But then he looked at her and he said, you are so beautiful. It makes my heart hurt. And I literally was like, I would give literally anything to have a man say that to me. When he did that, I looked at him and I just went, ugh. I literally, I was was swooning. I was like, okay. No, I was immediately put off. I was like, this is. Nope. I was like, I would also hide evidence for you after a week. Yes, um, I would not. There are very <laughs> few people I would ever hide evidence for, if any. We'll go on record saying I would not hide any evidence from anyone, but uh, apparently all it takes for me is telling me I'm so beautiful, make sure. Good to know for the future. <laughs> we'll keep that in mind in case something happens. <laughs> um, so we go back to the pond field, and uh, they have killed a pheasant for dinner. Um, we learned that Dylan was living in South Dakota, which is not anywhere anyone else in his family has lived. And he said he doesn't talk to his dad anymore. We, we found out his dad is not dead question mark. They never explicitly said he was dead in the beginning. We just discussed it. We just assumed that he was because he said he had nowhere to go. But like, how fucked up is your dad that Norma is a better choice? Right. Um, I'm a little upset about this for him. I really don't know how he's as put together of a person he is if his dad is worse than Norma. Yeah. So he's always going to be my favorite, it seems. And we go home, back to the Bates home, and Dylan and Norman are there. And Dylan wants so hard to protect and take care of Norman so hard he is he's really trying his best and um then and i i said in that scene it actually felt like norman wanted wanted to be normal for a second i know i felt so bad for him because like we learned that Nora's norma's home hours late i assumed she killed shelby obviously i was wrong but i thought she might have yeah um he says uh I'm sorry you tried to kill me the other night. That's what Dylan says. And Norm's, Norm's Norman is like, ha ha ha. Okay. He's like, what do he say? I just like came behind you or something. And he's like, you took a meat cleaver to my head. And he's like, well, I'm sorry that you think I tried to kill you. And I was like, you go. Like, or- does he actually genuinely know? I was I, at this point. I could not figure it out. I was like, does he actually not remember trying to kill Dylan? Well, my, and then my aunt asked me, and I was, she was like, is this like a real thing where they can dissociate? I was like, yeah, there's dissociative identity disorder, which is terrifying and fascinating. Um, and I was like, <laughs> I, I have trauma. And I was like, this is a thing people can have. And it can, she was like, but can they kill people and not know? And I was like, yes. I was like, well, it's not ideal. It is a thing that can occur. Correct. She she was like, oh. And I was like, yep. So that's where we are. This is the beginning of us seeing Norman doing things that he doesn't remember doing. Okay. The other thing, though, is this whole conversation and, like, how everything is happening with Norman right now. I wrote, this episode has me solidly thinking Norma isn't the fucked up one. And that has me fucked up. I also thought that especially towards the end of this episode. I am so baffled at the sympathy I feel for her. Cuz I'm like what if Norman killed his dad and Norma was was like waiting cuz she knew what happened and she just didn't want to deal with it yet. Well, yeah, because he's doing shit he doesn't remember. Also like what if What if all of these men in her life really have just been abusive and Norman is literally just psycho and she's the victim? Like, she's the victim the whole time. I can't, I can't, I cannot deal with how the show makes me feel. I know. It's excellent. Ugh, kills me. I am fucked up. I had the same concern watching it. Um... So then Norma comes home and she is talking to Norman about Shelby, not trying not to. And she tells him, she's like, I feel fairly safe with him. And I was like, that is not as safe as I would like to feel with someone who holds my life in their hands. Fairly safe is not very high, <laughs> but <laughs> I guess it's better than nothing. And um, then I said, maybe Norman kills him. Cause I'm just convinced he's going to die. Yeah. So I just, Trying to pick who's going to kill him. Um, But also, like, he's not wrong about being concerned about Shelby's intentions. Like. Yes, except for the way he did it. Like, he didn't, he did not, if he was like, listen, you are bamboozling and sleeping with a cop because you are afraid that he is going to, like, turn you over because of a murder that you committed, that is a concern. Right. It didn't, it came off like a, I don't like that you're sleeping with a man. Right. Yes. Accurate. And the thing is like, we know Dylan has the same concerns, but Norman is the only one who says anything and he cannot say it correctly. Um, no. But, and, and Norma even calls him out on it. She's like, you're just not used to this. He's like, I don't, I'm not. She's like, you're jealous. And he's like, you're my mother, not my girlfriend. And he, she was like, I didn't say that yes um so then we go back to the school and he's talking to bradley and uh emma pulls him away and she says she looked at the symbol and she went to the uh, did she say she went to the reddit boards or something she went she to some kind of f- forum oh no she went to yahoo answers yahoo answers which is where everyone goes for all of their information um And she said it means beautiful in Chinese, which is heartbreaking. Yes. And uh, Norman, again, goes off his rocker and said, he's going to be dead, you're going to be sick, and I'm still going to be who I am. And it's like, hold up. As of now, you are just a child who's been through a bad life and had a bit of a meltdown in class, but... You are much darker than that and you know it. And uh you're not supposed to tell people things like that. But <sighs> here we are. Here we are. So uh that was another moment that I was just like, you feel like Norman Bates. Like this was one that I felt. So I'm I'm on the Freddie High March right now. I told you it just took me a second. I just had to get yeah. to the right part and I'm there. Um so we go home and uh norman's in bed and we see norma is there saying this is all your fault you have you know what you have to do i before we even find out what's going on i wrote this better fucking be a hallucination it's like this doesn't even sound like norma like she doesn't say things this like, crazily to Norman. No. Like, she thinks things through. She's manipulative, so she can make him do something if she wanted to, but this is not how she would approach it. No. Um, and we learned that he is seeing her when she's not there. Which is not great. No. It's a not great start. Um, and he takes from this advice that he has to go get the belt back from Shelby's. So he does. He just walks out in the middle of the night, walks down the road. Now, yes. this scene, when he was walking down the road, this is when I was like, oh, oh, this is Norman Bates. Right. He, uh, he also doesn't know what it means to sneak around. Like, every time he sneaks around, he knocks things over. Also, and I'm like, um, how did he know where to go that bothered that bothered me i was like how does he even know where he's going then he gets in the house and he's loud as shit and turning lights on i was like what the fuck are you doing and i put you know he's keeping it in his room somewhere so it's safe i was like he's not just gonna have it in the kitchen cabinet like this is not the logical place to start looking um and then i thought he was gonna kill the dog and i panicked i did too Everything's fine. The dog did not die. Um, But there's a locked room. And I just put, what's in the locked room? And um, unfortunately, we find out. (laughs) Because he finds some keys in um, Shelby's bedroom in his drawer. He somehow picks the right key the first try. No, it was the second. They did show him struggling a little bit. So, But still, they were like... It would have taken me all 50 keys to get through the right one. Exactly. Um, turns out that Shelby has this weird disco room downstairs. There's a bed down here in the basement, um, which is very strange. And then there's a second door that's locked, and he opens it. And the Chinese girl who's gone missing, Zhao... As, as soon as I saw the bed... the The first bed and the camera before even the second room as soon as i saw the bed and the camera in the first room i said no no i didn't know because i still thought she was gonna be dead i thought it was gonna be someone different um but jow's not dead which is nice maybe not so nice for her but i don't know so um i knew shelby was bad news that's my next line I just and, wrote, no, Deputy Ahadi has the Chinese curls in his basement. And then I yelled when we ended on that cliffhanger of him walking inside. Because that was the end of our episode. So, who's your MVP for this episode? Oh, we're skipping, punching people, we're just going straight to the winner um, first. I, I guess Dylan is my MVP. Because I don't think I like anyone else in this episode. Not. I do not. Um, who do you want to punch? I mean, the only correct answer is Deputy Hottie. Yep. That, that That is the only correct answer. He is an awful, awful human being who is keeping women in his basement and torturing them. And drawing pictures about it, apparently. So, that's nice. Um, The problem is, no, he's not drawing the pictures about it. Because the pictures are clearly written by... The the journal's clearly written by one of the girls. It's all in Chinese. You're right, you're right. But yeah, so that's that's that. Um, Did you have any predictions at the end of this episode? I didn't because I was so flabbergasted that I just could not could not function I had absolutely nothing to say so I had some predictions um I predicted that Norman would get called but I don't know if he's going to kill him or blackmail him um if Dylan I mean not, not Dylan if Norman was going to kill Shelby or blackmail him um and then I also said that I think Dylan is going to learn about everything no, I literally had had nothing. I was just staring with my jaw open at my computer. I stopped everything and took like made sure I took notes and made predictions before I moved on. I, um, I couldn't think. Couple, of, couple of trivia. <laughs> oh, okay, great. Um, the scene where the where Norman fights off the dog, the dog chewed through three wooden bats because he was a trained dog to do that. <laughs> so they kept having to get new bats for him. Of course um, they did. And also, um, something I didn't know about in the first episode we watched, but I read about researching this episode, was that the journal that Norman finds is potentially the same journal that we see in the movie, because we see um, Mary Marion. Is that her name in the movie? I think so, yeah. Different the books. <laughs> I can't remember what it was in a So, Marion picks up a journal and opens it, and you see this like look on her face, and she puts it down. We never see what's in it. And they're referencing that that is supposed to be like where the journal came from. So, I feel like if I was Marion, I'd be more horrified than she was. I think I would have been too. Um, But maybe there were no pictures. Maybe it was just words. Yeah, maybe she just opened to a a A word page. Um yeah. So this is uh this has been Thriller Thursday with Bates Hotel season one episode three. What's wrong with Norman? Because this show, I wild wild. I I don't even know what to say. Like that ending, the fact that I feel bad for Norma Bates. And then that ending together, like this, was an emotional journey that I was not prepared for. We had no idea what we were getting into. Thanks, Victoria. Thank you for bringing us here. And uh, so you can find us on any of the podcasting sites, and you can follow us on social media at Death and Aliens. You can send us an email at deathandaliens at gmail.com. You can find me and all of my Broadway pictures on at CECloud13. And you can follow me on all of the social media at emkay underscore superstar. And we will see you for our next Sci-Fi Sunday that is not about the lowest rated episode of the season. Yay! Bye!